Hi, I'm Adam Geis. I'm David Lurch. We're hosts of the EdTech Distilled Podcast, which is a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Saturday morning or evening, or depending on where you are joining us in the world, whatever time of day, I just want to say thank you for making us part of your day. And as always, my friends, thank you so much for all the likes, shares, follows, all of the support. I really appreciate all the love that you give to our show, our podcast, as you know, our mission is to connect educators and creators one show at a time. And I am excited to welcome back a returning guest. She was here uh, several hundreds episodes ago, <laughs> probably, uh, you know, as we were coming back from uh, COVID and schools were reopening. But I am grateful to have my amazing and wonderful friend, Bonnie Chalette, here on the show. Bonnie, how are you this Hi. morning? So good. Like I said, I feel like we grew up together, Fonz. I feel like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to be. No, absolutely. You know, it all started because of everything shutting down and then Global GEG and just connecting and various Such activities, doing so much stuff during that time. And yeah, it, it's like amazing. Like we're just catching up, but you know, it's been great to just build those relationships and be lifelong friends, even though we've never met in real life. But Hey, the fact we're going to make it happen. Yeah, we will. So I'm excited about today's conversation. And, you know, as you know, like we were kind of giving a little bit of, of this talk here, how you were first on the show, you know, as we were coming back brick and mortar. And a lot has changed since, you know, I know that your current role has changed also as well. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, our conversation really centered around coming back to open schools and how teachers yeah. felt about technology. So as you know, you know, right now the hot topic from December on has been technology, has been generative AI. Yeah. Uh, do we use it? Do we not use it? What are some of the policies? How are districts being very cautious with this? As we know, there's a lot of, you know, we see a lot of the shiny stuff that is out there that can be done with it that really excites us. But then, you know, sometimes we don't spotlight some of those, uh, you know, just concerns that can still be out there with allowing the technology just full on, full force out there. So uh, before we jump into that, I would love for you to share with me and with our audience, you know, what has changed for, for you as far as professionally from the time that you were here till now? Tell us a little bit about your new role and just give our audience members also just a little background about your ed tech, uh, yeah. you know, I guess the passion in ed tech that you have too as well. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Last time I was on the show, I was, um, I did educational technology for the East Baton Rouge Parish School System down in Louisiana. Um, and like post COVID, um, an opportunity came and now I am the director of ed tech for the uh, Department of Education in Louisiana. I work on the academic content team. So it really, it's not, I don't just do like hardware and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I get to like really work with teachers um, and build that. We, before this, there wasn't really like a person that like made specific technology resources, right? Like before at the state level, we did like a lot of E-rate, a lot of funding, cybersecurity. Um, but we're really trying to flesh out like, you know, 
the middle of that Venn diagram between like, you know, scripted curriculum, stuff like that and technology and how teachers can use it. Nice. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And I couldn't think of a better person to be in this role and to do these things because of the experience that you've had and just the knowledge, the passion. And so I love that we have somebody that is of a strong advocate of what, you know, technology can do and how it can help build students up and learning experience, but also for teachers as well. As I know uh, for a fact, you know, all those years that you spent yourself training teachers and really seeing uh, what the needs are, what we can do better, and then, of course, some of those barriers. So I want to ask you now in your current role uh, working, what are some of the things now that you see things from a higher level and perspective? And I know the, the last conversation we had is where there was some of that tech pushback. So I want to know from that time till now, are you still seeing a little bit of that tech pushback or are you seeing a little bit more comfort? Uh, maybe, a, you know, what are some of the pluses that you see and maybe some of those obstacles that might still be there? Yeah, I think I don't think I don't think teachers want another thing. Like, I think they're more evaluative about their time and like, am I going to take time to learn this new thing for what? Um, which I'm I'm all here for. You know, I've been told that I was pro teacher, to pro teacher very early in my career, and I I need I need a stamp that says that because I stand by that. But um, yeah, I think that teachers were like when COVID first happened, everybody was in survival mode, right? Like we were all like just trying to figure it out um, and fill the space when we were online. And I think I saw a really interesting chart the other day about like um, spending from Esser. And it was like all this spending on all these tech tools. And there wasn't really like a return on investment, right? Like we just filled the space. And I think now teachers, you know, and leadership needs to like, okay, we, we bought this, but why? And did it work? Um, and I think teachers are thinking about that a lot more. Like, why am I going to get another login? Because nobody wants another login. And nobody has any passwords left in their brain. Why am I why am I taking the time to do this? And so I don't think there's much pushback. It's like scrutiny. Oh, and I love that. And you know what? That's actually even myself. And I think one of those things is like you and I are much alike in that I'm always have always been pro teacher also and coming in, you know, to central office with that aspect, too. And sometimes, you know, I don't agree with some of the decisions that are made because it's it, like you said, it's like another login, another platform. What else? And so. One of the things that you mentioned, though, is like with a lot of that ESSER funding, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, we're just filling in all these gaps or putting in Band-Aids into, you know, these huge open wounds that could take be taken care of with, I think, more PD, but for tier one, like actual solid PD for teachers that's usable and not just, hey, put them on this program and that's it. And thinking that that's going to be a solution, but but it's not. Yeah. And uh, yeah. One of the things you mentioned is the return on investment. I recently heard I was on a call actually with a platform and the gentleman said was like, look, we understand the return on investment, but have you ever thought about the return on instruction? Like, is there any research? Do those reports that you pull, do they actually show that there has been progress, that there has been growth? Because I can be on the platform for 20 minutes, like my teacher told me, and I could do one problem. But I did my 20 minutes, you know, and then you've got yeah. kids that'll be there 20 minutes and they'll do 100 problems and they'll get, you know, maybe two right. And then you'll get the ones that do all that. But 
So how do you reconcile and say like, yes, this platform was good and efficient. It did work. So yeah, those are some of those conversations that are very important and leading up into this next year, I think that it's, we definitely need to give teachers more of a voice, which is one of the things that we switched. We're giving out uh, surveys and then based on that, it's like, okay, what platforms are we going to keep and what might we switch? You know, so what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I was about to say, you should just ask the teachers because they're going to mm-hmm. know what works. They're also going to know, like, what takes too long? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, and that's something we're working on. Like, when we evaluate curriculum, nobody's looked at, like, how many mouse clicks does it take to get to the first thing? You know what I mean? And so, I'm, we're adding that. So, you know, everything at, at the state level, like, it happens a lot slower. But, yeah, like, looking at curriculums, obviously, from the very important academic standpoint, but also, like, when te- are teachers going to like it? Like, is it? Like there are a few and I'm not going to name names, but there's one that I absolutely hate that's been widely adopted. It takes too long. It's too many. It's too much. It's too much. And um, it's just not. And that's never been evaluated before. Right. Like teach, like ease of use. Mm-hmm. We don't always look at that. Um, like doesn't have its own login because you can just throw it out the trash. You can throw it out if it has a separate login. Nobody's going to use it um, and things like that. So really like. I think moving forward, like I want to work with, you know, teachers, the school system, schools on like evaluating the stuff they've already purchased because S or C or they're going to have to evaluate one way or another. Um, yeah. So looking at that spending and some of it did work, like some of it might have been great, um, but figuring out what was great and what was just, you know, sat on the shelf. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, like for Texas, uh, so I'll, I'll speak here because um, I'm not sure how. The, taste, the state testing works in your area. But I know the biggest fear or I guess that the state put on us is these new test items where it's a drag and drop. It's an inline choice, a drop down box. And you should see like people's reactions. It's amazing how most of the leadership just panicked on that because they think like, oh my gosh, these kids don't know how to do drag and drops or They don't know how to drag this into this box or click this little drop down menu. And then what happens is they, because of that and that fear, they decided to purchase products that were supposed to help train this because their mentality was, is if we can help them train on how to drag something into a box, oh, that's going to be like, they're going to, they're going to pass the test. But no, it, it doesn't. It's like you need that tier one. If you don't yeah. have the tier one, the kid can drag and drop all he wants all day and still get the wrong answers. Right. And then it was the platform was, again, too many clicks. For myself, I always look, if I can too get to where I need to within three to four clicks, I am good. After that, I'm like, that's no, too many. Wait. Yeah, that's way too many. And so the, the we student, learned that from Leslie. Uh, yeah. Leslie Allman too. I, she's probably not watching, but we did learn that from the same person. <laughs> yes, no, for sure, for sure. And so the other thing is, like you mentioned, is because the the overreaction and the fear. Uh, lots of platforms were used, thousands of dollars spent, and well, yeah. then yeah. a lot of it, like the usage, you know, wasn't really there. And then at the end of the day, the platform that TEA uses, it's a company that they have a practice test that the students can go online and actually practice the tools that yeah, they need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went to a, a school 
And they're like, okay, you're going to start pulling out some of these third graders and so on to help them. I went in there and the third graders were like, sir, this is what I'm going to do here. I double click here. Look, this is what this does and so on. I'm like, man, you guys know this. And I can't believe that we spent so much money on a platform yeah. that we didn't really need. And then you, we could have just used this. And the fact that we're not giving our students enough credit that they can do a drop down menu. I mean, I'm come on, like that money could have been better spent. I feel always for more teacher support, more of that actual tier one instruction rather than, hey, here's another platform, fill in the gap. You're going to be good. Yeah. Fill in <laughs> space. I, I really think that a, a lot of that was just like, let's fill all the time that they have in line because we don't know. And, and you know, it, it, I don't think any of that was ill-intentioned um, at all. But yeah, I think too, like as the people creating, you know, the assessments and that kind of thing, just have to look at like, how are they telling the students to, you know, like, did we tell them how to do it? Um, instead of making a big deal, like simple IORAD tutorials, solve it. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. That's all you need. Um, so just thinking about like, how do we tell the students how to do the drop and drag? And then you don't necessarily need yeah, all the exactly. other stuff. You just tell them right the first time. Yeah. No, excellent. So I want to ask you now, you know, again, in your new role, and, and I always love this because now you see things through different perspectives. And sometimes even our ideas change, too, because sometimes we're at the ground level, you know, we're in the classrooms, we're at the at this school level, district level. And now that you're at a higher level, you get to see more. So I want to ask you, uh, is there certain things right now that are that you would see, even though we are passionate about ed tech, maybe a couple of things that may be hindering the learning, even though it is ed tech. And I know we mentioned a little bit here, like, you know, the testing platforms, adding something else, but, you know, is it really more on the teacher side that we really need to do that? Or is it some of the tech itself just like, hey, you know what, like, we made great progress during COVID, but now we're seeing that this, this is just lacking here. I think the tech is going to have to tie into standards more. Okay. Like I was talking to a vendor yesterday and I'm like, oh, we want to do PD on our tool. And I was like, that's not what we do anymore. Like we do how to use this in this classroom to do this. Not just like, you know what I mean? Like we're just going to have to take it like two steps more. Because in the end, when you just te teach teachers how to use a tool vaguely, it's still on them to figure it out, right? Like it's, it's still more work on them, even though they, they're so kind and they figure it out. But yeah, like I think that's where tech tools are going to have to take like their implementation and their PD. It has to be more specific. That's going to be a soundbite right there. Like <laughs> that was perfect because you're absolutely yeah. right, Bonnie. I mean, think about it for ourselves years and years of, oh, we're going to teach you how to use the tool. But mm -hmm. OK, how does it look like in practice? And this week, actually, uh, myself and our math content specialist were on a call with a platform, too. And. They're like, oh, yes, we can do this. Um, they serve as a delivery system for your curriculum. And one of the upsides of this platform already was the fact that they said, we will take what your, your math calendar looks like, where you expect the teachers to be, and we will line it up with those specific standards, you know, the way that you have it. So everything is tied. So when they teach, they get the, you know, that second layer That's on the thing. computer, yeah. so on and so forth. And so everything was great. You know, everything was fine. But our math content specialist came up and brought that up and he said, okay, that's great that you can do that, but who else is using this around here? And can I speak to the teacher? Because I want to see how she uses it 
And that's absolutely right. How does she implement it? How do you put those puzzle pieces together? Because like you mentioned, that burnout, we don't want our teachers to get burnt out because like you said, it's often put on them to figure out how to use a platform and then how they're going to integrate it with no direction. And it's kind of like, uh, but yeah, so I definitely agree with you on that and what you just said. Just to have to be more targeted, you know, and um, and like, just like you said, I was thinking that like earlier because I was thinking about what we're going to talk about because it's all excited. Um, <laughs> like any tech you buy for your house, right? You have a specific purpose, like the little clicker that helps me. I got a little thing that helps me find my phone and I can find my keys with it. Um, like if that didn't work, I would throw it out tomorrow, right? But before I bought it, I looked up online and I was like looking at what other people said. Um, so yeah, like you wouldn't treat tech at your house the way we do at schools right now you wouldn't just buy it with being like oh sort of something it has to have a purpose and you look at reviews and you want your money back if it didn't work oh i like that too (laughs) but get your money back that's for sure all right excellent so all right so we often talk about also 21st century skills where we are already well into the 21st century skills. So now I started saying like, hey, we got to prepare them for 31st century skills because I think that at least we now have something to look forward to because we're already deep in the 21st century. And so that is often mentioned. We know now we've got the technology because of COVID. The thing that came out of it is just like the one-to-one devices. But like you said, the teachers got thrown just into this. Swimming. They, yeah. They had to adjust. Now they're back. And so what are some things that you are seeing uh, in a great way that that we're already doing great, at least from your area, to help prepare those students for those 31st century skills? Uh, Or are we still lacking? What might be some of the things that we may still be lacking to really get the students work ready, proficient, college ready, proficient, and so on? Well, and I know we all want to talk about AI. But um, it's because we're all obsessed, right? Eat my myself equally. Um, and I was I was talking to a colleague the other day, and he said he made a really interesting point because we were talking about Firefly and how you have to like really find the puzzle of words where you want it to come, you know, to create what you want, and that's a soft skill. Um, do you know what I mean? And so like language, and I think in this the some of the things that we think are being left behind are now going to come back like in a completely different way because you're going to have to have that vocabulary and that like ability to manipulate language. And that's, that's going to be a 31st century skill, right? Like that's what kid in, you're in advertising, you're going to have to be able to know these are the words to put together to get what I want. Um, so I think it's going to have to just be like a whole paradigm shift in what we think people are using soft skills for. It's not necessarily just to talk to other people. Now it's going to be like to communicate, so lack of a better term, with the computer. Yeah. No, and you know, you mentioned Firefly and... Obsessed. Not the, even all day. <laughs> and actually, yeah, with, with all the AI tools, I think that that's what I have found yeah. the writing skills, you know, and the thought process. And for myself, honestly, I've never been a big fan of writing. Maybe it's just, I don't know, either my teachers yeah. just never really got me into it or just myself either I just wants to get a PhD. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I just kind of block myself off from that sometimes because, but when I do it, I I know I have to do it. But what I have found is that even with using some of these tools that, you know, help productivity, you know, help my workflow, even here for the podcasting and and, uh, the post show production and all of that, 
you really have to be very specific in the way that you word things so you can get that specific output. And so what I find myself doing is uh, not that it's like some people may say, oh, well, what's the point of this if I could have just written this myself or done it? I was like, no, no, well, the point is, is that sometimes, you know, you have that initial idea, you get an output, and then you start thinking like, okay, let me retweak this. And now all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm not that bad of a writer, but I just needed that little help to just get me through and get my thoughts together. I'm going to send it to you. I read the, a cool article the other day. It was like how like things you should like thought process for using AI. And one of them was like AI as a collaborator. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, sometimes. And like, I love that you can get like Chad GBT to write in different voices and all that kind of stuff. I think you saw me post, I got it to explain cybersecurity as Samuel L. Jackson, which was hilarious. Um, but like, you know, when you're writing something and, and you just, sometimes you need help. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Grammarly Pro, I love Grammarly Pro, first of all, because it catches passive voice, which is apparently the only thing I do when I write. And, um, you know, and that's AI. So like, what's the line? Um, you know, what is, what is cheating? What's the line? When we start with Canva. You know, you, you don't just who starts from scratch, crazy people. You know, we all start with a template. Um, and so, you know, is that cheating? And just thinking about, the, you know, now we, we just never had a template for writing. We never had anything like this. So. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. You know, thinking about that process, it's like, why would you want to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch when yeah. somebody has already come up with something that now you can add your own spice to it, reword it, change it, yeah. and all those things. And I love that you said, you know, AI is a collaboration tool and you're absolutely correct. I mean, and seeing some of your posts too, like, you know, that you share is just something that's great. And we see the the potential there for us as adults, for our productivity. I see it for teacher, you know, lesson planning and reinventing and just refreshing what they already have. And, you know, when, when we came back from, uh, you know, COVID and lockdown, there was so much video content that was created by teachers that when they came back, I said, you know that you can reuse what you just did and, you know, just showing them how to do some minor edits to have tutorial videos already on hand. But they don't think about that because, again, it's just the the training. Then they go back to brick and, board, brick and mortar and it's like, oh, this is the way I've always done it. I'm just going to stick to this. And I thought it was also because of that trauma that they went through for that year, two years. They're like, no, no, no. I don't, that just makes me think of this dark time in my, in my professional career. And so there's still some teachers that are slowly now getting back on that and seeing that, hey, I don't have to start all over. I can take what I already have, refine it. And now not only that, but now I can uh, differentiate accordingly for my students that may have or may need some additional supports. And I'm I'm all here for that, yeah. you know, for the adult use and getting some time back for mm-hmm. teachers. So my question to you is, is how do you feel about this in student hands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I think, you know, Bonnie, this is not anybody's policy, but like my thought, like with my daughter, it's always like, this is experimental and we don't necessarily experiment with children, right? Like we need more information. Um, that's the whole, you know, but first and like foremost with schools, we're going to have to protect our students' data. Um, I know that's not a glamorous, exciting response, 
but like, you know, data is such a thing. And so, and me and you were talking before this started, like we just all click through the terms and conditions, but like when we're going to roll this out like as a state or as a school, we're going to have to actually read those terms and conditions. And are they, you know, are they tracking our students? Um, is this opening a portal um, to, you know, like what kind of back and forth is this? Is it opening a portal to our entire, you know, server? Um, we also talked about how I am the cybersecurity breach in my house. Like I am the problem. It's me. Um, hundred percent. And, um, you know, cause I just click the button and, and move on, but we start to use it with kids. We're just going to have to one, like I said, I think the biggest thing first off the bat is going to be seeing what data that pulls, what it stores. Um, if, you know, and if kids do it on their own time, I can't control that, but at a school level, um, and this is what I keep telling teachers too, like your data is on that same server, right? So like when I'm protecting the, the student's data, I'm also protecting your social security number. So like all of those things play in and we're just going to have to check the not fun side of it first before we, mm -hmm. we put it loose on our kids. Yeah. And I think like you said, I agree with you 100% on that too. Uh, I mean, as much as I love ed tech, I'm here for that side too. And I'm saying like, I, I use it personally, but then yeah. I, I know what I'm putting in. I have control, you know, knowing what to, what not to put in, but also we need to do better, you know, uh, creating digital citizens in our, in our campuses and even for our teachers to know what to, what is appropriate information to put in into um, any AI app and also for students as well. I, I love that. I know that there'll be education you know, suites that'll come out and, you know, they, they'll have to follow the COPA, FERPA, all of that compliance yeah. and so on. So at least, you know, there will be some, a little bit of some regulation there as well, but we there all know be. that not, not all of that is perfect. Mm -hmm. It's the, the scary thing is when, you know, you've got those early innovators, like we get really excited and we want to try out the new tool and then we'll just say, Oh, let's go ahead and try it in class. But wait a minute, did you read you know, we the didn't. age level, the appropriate. None of us like, do. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just go through the box and just click and, all right, everybody sign on using <laughs> your SSO and your Google Classroom and we're fine. We're going to go ahead and use this. Yeah. But you don't know what you're doing. And I think oftentimes as, a, as an educator, and, and I know I did it, you know, in the classroom, is we get so excited and we try something different mm -hmm. because we want to just spice things up will use this tech without us really thinking or seeing what it's what it's doing because it's it falls into that education category. Yeah. You know, and we were talking about, you know, there are platforms out there and I won't mention those platforms, but usually every ed, ed tech platform that is out there usually says 13 and over. Mm -hmm. But then we also see teachers use it, you know, first, second, third, because it's that easy to use. But does it make it right for them to use it, even yeah. though it's considered in the education space or should we still consider like, Hey, you know, it says 13, like we need to stick to that. Or are we just being also too just like, no, no, chat GPT because of the cheating, we'll get rid of that, but we'll still have these others that are yeah. in the education. Yeah. Category. Like if you're, we, they, I heard a debate start about like this kind of stuff, um, in a, a board and they were talking about like chat GPT and I was like, Oh, like you could block ChatGPT, and if that would make you feel better, but that's like not even that's like blocking one site on the entire internet. Like, but you know that if that makes you feel better, but I don't want to ignore Jim's question about um, AI as a personal yeah. education assistant. 
one, I need that, right? Like, don't we all need something? Um, but like we just, I think that ties in what we're just saying. Definitely, you know, definitely older kids, but at the same time, making sure, you know, whatever company that is, they sign a data sharing agreement. Um, I have to, like I said, nobody's going to win awards for data sharing agreements, right? It's not glamorous. Um, but something that we do when we write them and vendors don't like is there's like an, if, if there's a breach, they are held accountable. Nobody likes that clause in there. And I'm like, well, too bad. Like, that's what it is. So um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, that paperwork. Now, I, I know that we can do better and we definitely need to have those discussions. But, you know, because there's so many moving parts, uh, I want to ask you in your current role and where you're working, have those conversations started as far as policy for the state or even have you heard about any schools within your area that are already talking about specific policy for AI tools in the classroom? Um, I mean, there, there's obviously a discussion. I, I don't work in the policy department. I couldn't. Those people, it's a different skill set than I have because um, I just run my mouth. But they're better at not doing that. Um, but I know like on my team, like I remember being at FETC and really learning about the first time. And I was like, God, there's a thing. And then a few months later, they're like, this is a thing. I was like, I know. And I think for us, like we think policy should have started six months ago. And like, you know, like the snowball's got to roll. So now, um, right now in our state and from what I understand other states, because I haven't seen any other state policy, you know, it's, right now it's a school level um, thing. And I think a lot of our school systems in the summer are about to rewrite their accessible, acceptable use policies um, to include like, how they want to address it. Um, you know, we're currently in a legislative session. So I might tomorrow here, you know, we have a policy now, but um, I haven't heard that much like in other legislations either. So I, which I think sounds for us, but I think that means that there's research being done and people are looking into it rather than, I'd rather them take a little too long and like really deep think about it than make like a knee jerk decision. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? So. Um, Hopefully people do take their time um, because I think too, like we're way ahead of this game. Like, I don't know if it's an issue necessarily in my daughter's classroom yet. <laughs> like we're so excited and like, let's do all this, but I don't know necessarily taking over schools yet. Um, I know, it, but I'm not, I'm talking K-12. I think at the higher ed level, this is a whole different ball. Like we got to draw that line because higher ed has to have completely different policies. Yeah. Higher no. ed, it's a different a whole different ball game. They have you look up higher ed responses to AI. Very clear, very clear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I agree with you on that on the higher ed side. Uh, it 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 still hasn't been an issue, at least in in my programs. Uh, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, uh, or in other shows, is at the beginning of the semester they're like, "Hey, you know, this is out there. Um, there isn't any formal policy yet from the university. However, you know, if uh, my prof was like, if I read." something that is kind of like, eh, you know, and the thing is, is like some of these profs we've had on um, semester after semester. So they're already yeah. familiar with our writing. They're familiar, you know, with our style and so on. So they just said, you know, if I read something and I just have some questions on it and, that, and that's yeah. all they said, you know, we'll go ahead and just hop on a chat and, you know, just, they just wanted to know, okay, like explain it to me or just kind of have that one-on-one -on -one of like, Hey, uh, can you rewrite this? And, you know, things of that sort. But, uh, 
you know, I think that's definitely going to be coming, you know, to to the the K-12 space. But like you mentioned right now, I think from January on, it's like state testing season. So we're just yeah. going to block everything else and everything just will fall on the wayside and we'll deal with it when we get there. And sometimes it's a little too late, you know, because it's yeah. already out there. But like you said, at least those conversations are being had. And I definitely I'll, think they're being. I yeah. don't think. I think people are talking. Yeah, like. Like Amanda said, um, I really want people, you know, like I, I met somebody the other day in, in my building and we were talking about, she was like, because I have this little running document, right? Like my thoughts, if anybody asks in the whole building, like there's a little Bonnie document, whether they want to read it or not, it's up to them. And I showed it, she's like, what is your goal here? And I was like, because I need people to know what it is, period. I was like, full stop. She was like, that's it. I was like, that's, that's it. I just need people to know what it is. And she laughed at me and I was like, that's just a real goal right now. It's just so people don't think it's witchcraft or, you know, anything like that. <laughs> we want to like, this is, you know, and, and the good and the bad. Like, yeah, there is some scary part. Like we said, tracking your data. Nobody wants another Westworld, you know, because like that's the thing. Preferences and ad clicks and stuff. That's relevant data. Um, yeah. So we have to, you know, we have to watch all that. Yes. And um, yeah. So. I, I do hope people really take that. And I think they will um, from all the conversations I've heard, you know, like we just need to learn more about it, yeah. which is the answer we want. Right. Like that's the answer we want to hear. Yeah. And right uh, now, I, I know what we're seeing, too, is uh, there's so many um, businesses I've noticed that have sprung up in the ed tech space or in the education space of, hey, we'll provide professional development to your district. We'll come over here. We'll do this and we'll do that. And so, you know, you are, there are some people out there that have those good intentions of like, hey, we want to share, we want to show you. And I guess once you get to that point of, yes, we want to leverage this. Well, okay, let's put it into practice and, and do that. And so, again, we're seeing a lot of platforms that are, you know, friendly, you know, like I know we've got Canva, but also, you know, we need to make sure as far as the, the text to yeah. image and, you know, you've got all things that yeah. you can do there that are available for students. And I feel as long as we're following that policy, it's a creation tool. We definitely need students to be very creative instead of just, you know, just sitting, sitting yet. It's like, hey, let's create some of the learning. They can put it into words. I mean, I see a lot of advantages to that. You know, Adobe Express also as well with yeah. a lot of the things that they'll be coming out with and Firefly. I heard they got some stuff. I don't know what it yeah. is. But I'm yeah, gonna, they'll, they'll have some stuff that's going to be great. And uh, so, I mean, like I said, education, what I love about it is a lot of these companies that are already within the schools and are very well known have taken a lot of these things into consideration yeah. and are going to provide tools that I think like for, for teachers, they don't have to second guess that, hey, is this going to be okay or not? Because... One, you've already been using them in one way or another. Your district has already vetted them. They already have their forms in. They do all of those things. Uh, but still, you know, we also just still have to be very cautious and show students, like, be cautious with what you're putting in. Because we all know there's always, you know, that one little apple in the bunch that can, you know, kind of <laughs> do little things and so on, <laughs> you know. And uh, but yeah, you know, again, it's just. Getting to know, I think that's the most important thing. A lot of teachers yeah. out there still don't know what is happening or what's going on with this. And even we're having a tech conference in May and there's only three presentations on AI. And so that goes to show that even in my area, not to, to people may be aware about it, uh, of it, but they're not like full on yet until they really 
um, you know, is more forward facing, I guess. So, uh, yeah. And what do you say right now? You know what I mean? Like, here are the fun things you can do. But like, yeah. Um, and then Amanda made a good point. Um, like, you know, there are there's tons of, of wakelets and facts. Um, and I'll certainly I will if you, if I can search for it and wake about look it up. Mm-hmm. I have to make it into a one pager, though. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nobody's going to read five pages of Bonnie's thoughts. So I got to be succinct. Um, yeah, you but can yeah, pop, it, pop yeah. it into chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't. But yeah. Um, yeah. So keep in mind, though, this is only version one. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's what you can ask my team. Mm-hmm. I have been harping on this. I'm like, guys, it's here. Like, don't like there are no policies anymore that like can be like, we're not going to use it. Done. We're done on that. Um, but like, you know, figuring out, like I said, if, if we do like say we're not using any schools, what what tools is that going to block? Are mm-hmm. our tools going to have to put it on their front page too? like we use AI and maybe how many tools that we didn't think were using AI would have to put it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. you know, that, that's great that you mentioned that because we were talking about and this is something that came about also in another show is we're talking about as teachers we never thought about ai even though it was already working for us in the Mm -hmm. sense of you know you've got platforms that have certain algorithms that'll put students on a pathway close gaps and so on and i it was interesting that this last year we adopted a platform that is for math and i got a call from a teacher who was just really frantic and this is a ninth grade algebra teacher phenomenal teacher she calls me, she's like, Mr. Mendoza, I, I, I think this program's broken or, or it's not working properly. And, and I was like, okay, what do you mean? So I log in, I, you know, I impersonate her and then I impersonate the student. And she's like, there's, why is my student getting fourth grade uh, measurements and so on? And then I said, oh, so this program, due to how that student, you know, did on their little diagnostic exam, said, hey, I know you're ninth grade. But this, these are some of the skills that you're still lacking and put a little fourth grade track on there for certain skills. And she was panicking. She's like, why is it doing this? And I said, well, believe it or not, there may be some students that get to ninth grade that mm-hmm. still haven't quite mastered some of those elementary skills. And so what this program does is that it just kind of like brings that together where it doesn't bring them down to fourth grade. It'll still keep them at their level, but we'll add some of these fourth grade skills. And I think from that moment on, I knew I was like, OK something's up. And then all of a sudden, all of this started happening where now before we would put the students on the platform, we wouldn't see it. And now all of a sudden it's right in our face. And now it's like, it's like a living yeah. thing, like right here. So that was kind of like that shock. So I do think, I hope something that comes out of this too, is like increased transparency because they never advertised that they were using anything like that before, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, I think definitely increased transparency will come out because at, at minimum vendors will have to indicate what kind of AI they're using somewhere yeah. for some reason they're mm-hmm. going to have to start putting it. Yeah. And I love what Amanda says here. It says we love yeah. AI when it works for us, but we fear it when we don't understand how it works with us. Ooh, yeah, that was great, Amanda. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Yeah. And that's been often the case, you know, that we're seeing. And uh, but luckily, like I said, we've got great people in the education space and there's some great teachers that are out there that are innovating and are using you know oh, the great. tool to maximize you know teacher performance and efficiency and so on so this is definitely that's, that's what, yeah that's that's what um we need to tap into right mm-hmm. 
is like, like I do good work for sure. Not, no doubt. But like, how, how good could I be if I started on step three? You know what I mean? Like if mm -hmm. I just got that little step, like jump to step three, like now my work could be finished and who gets to say their work is finished? You know, never your old victim. Uh, <laughs> you know, like teachers, how can it help them leave, you know, shortly after the bell rings? I know nobody at least writes the bell, but you know what I mean? Like, and not be there till five. Um, Cause we've all done it. Yeah, I did it. Um, so yeah, no, I think that, that's what I know the focus is, is we push, you know, to use it with students, but I really think should really push to teachers, you know, and come out. Have you seen that cacti one? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, if you're not familiar, it's basically like four teachers, you know, it'll write your recommendation, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah, but yeah, that's saving you time from all these things that take away from like your big picture thing. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love that you said too, you know, and even when I first started this role six years ago, or it'll be six years uh, at the end of this year, it was always like, okay, how can we maximize this platform or these platforms to really honestly, truly give teachers, I always say like, if I can give you five to 10 minutes yeah. back at the end of the day, you know, and that was what I was shooting for. But now with something like this, where you can take care of the lesson plan, within five to 10 minutes and then really get to go home and just say, hey, I feel comfortable with what I already did. Because yeah. like you said, I'm already starting on step three instead of having to start from scratch. And that's what I always you know, tell teachers. It's like, hey, you already have so many resources from years of experience. And you know how oftentimes, you know, they'll say like, oh, well, that teacher teaches the same thing and it's the same lesson plan every year and so on. Well, now, like they can definitely refresh yeah. that lesson plan and bring it up to date and, you know, they can differentiate appropriately and do those. And sometimes I think, you know, I want to say, and this is just me thinking like some of this, like chat GPT or these other tools that'll come out for teacher use mm -hmm. can, can kind of just reignite, refresh and kind of give teachers that excitement of like, hey, you know what? I, I know I was thinking about possibly retiring this year, but maybe I can go maybe two more years because it's like now they're seeing that productivity and that quality of life go up and that they get to leave before five or even at 4.30 or maybe even at 4.15 at the end of the day and they're going to be good. And so that's- And a happy is, teacher is better for students. Yes. And period. Absolutely. Illustrious words of my friend Bond. I love that. Period. Um, hard stop. Hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think school systems could definitely look into um, like, and I mean, this is just like in theory, but like, what if you dumped all of the Texas English language arts standards into ChatGPT? Or like you dumped curriculums in there. I mean, then it would be able to pull it up, right? Then mm -hmm. you would have to just teach it. You'd just have to tell teachers the right words. To type in. Yes, that is uh, amazing. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, um, and I know some curriculums don't always align with that, but like how I think school systems need to just like, how could we use it to be more efficient, to be more effective, to work with teachers? Mm -hmm. um, we'll work on the student thing, but like, I know tech never comes top down though, right? Like it, it always starts with the teachers. Yeah. But I, I do think school systems and stuff can look into like, how can, how can this save my teacher's time? What can we, how can we leverage it? 
Yeah. So Amanda says here, I've messed with integrating curriculum standards with it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. No, but I absolutely agree. You know, maybe at that curriculum standpoint, just say, okay, how can we do this? And, you know, luckily in our, in our, uh, district, we have some great content specialists and they're the ones that work with aligning the curriculum and so on. But like you said, some based on the Texas standards, like our math uh, content specialist doesn't go in line. Like he says, okay, here's the book and you go one chapter, one chapter two. He actually ties things together that can already be put together. Like, so you'll start chapter two and then chapter 17, and then you put those together because he's very methodical. Like this guy's like a genius when it comes to lining up the math curriculum to prepare students for the state exam. So he knows exactly how to line that up. And I think that this would be also a great way to take what he already has and then really just add that additional layer, you know, the the differentiation pieces or just, you know, how to clean it up or make it more, I don't know, whatever, whatever works best for the teacher at that given time. Because we also have to consider and he considers and he knows that he has teachers that are at different levels of proficiency. And, and we're talking about comfort levels too. Yeah. But when he goes out and coaches them, he gives like two or three sessions with them. And then all of a sudden they're like, this is awesome. This is great. And it's easy, but also to be able to break down maybe some of that curriculum to, you know, help build up those teachers all while teaching at the, the you know, their school year. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of potential there for sure. And all right. Know, so like simultaneously, okay. Like I've been, you know, there are lots of conversations about AI, like in our space. Mm -hmm. And I'll share with leaders and say, you know, this is like, it it doesn't matter. This is what people are reading, right? Like, so whether your thoughts are this or that, this is what teachers are hearing and this is what they're going to do. So if you like something different, you're going to have to say it because this is what's happening because this is who's doing the talking. Nice. Perfect. All right, my friend. Well, I'm just going to leave you with one last question. And I know right now the trend is AI and mm-hmm. so on. So I know we've talked about it right now and we know that it's it's going to be here to stay. And like here. Jim uh, Jim added, you know, this is really, you know, kind of like version one and it's only going to yeah. get better and better by the day. It's just getting better and better. So my question to you is looking ahead into the future, what do you see? And this is, again, this is just your vision, not necessarily tying into what you're seeing in your state. But what is your vision as far as the emergent educational technology that will be out there and how it's going to start shaping education? Mm. I should have asked you this question in advance. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope like just in general, whether it's um, AI, whether it's answer fund, anything that we've talked about, I hope like moving forward, people are more like reflective and evaluative. Like, in, in, in all of these things, right? Because something new is going to come along next year and something new is going to come along next year. But I kind of want to get away. I think like if you big picture tech in the beginning was just like devices, right? Internet devices. And then COVID hit and it was like the dump of tools into the devices. So I think now we need to go in that third iteration of being like savvy with it. And no more, no more like survival, but like holding these vendors account will be like, wait, why did I buy this stuff from you? And um I'm savage vendors. But um yeah, like like I said, being more reflective, being more evaluative and thinking things through. That's great. Uh, I love it. I mean and like you said there's something new that's coming. You know what I mean? Like we don't even know. Next year it'll be a whole new thing. Yeah. And we just have to think of like a big picture practice that we can apply to all of them. 
Yeah, but I love it though. That's what you said really fits in, in so much. And I love, don't worry about the whole vendor thing. I mean, that's the way I am too. I'm just like, okay. Well, I'm not worried. This. I'm not yeah. worried. Just always get emails like with people like, can I have 15 minutes of your time? And I'll be like, you don't want, like, you don't want to hear what I have to say. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, but that's an exciting time. So thank you so much for sharing that. All right, Bonnie. So again, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here on the show as a second time guest. And I know that this won't be the last time that you'll be here as a guest, as we know that education changes and, you know, and maybe even things in, in your area, neck of the woods. Uh, also changing. And so anytime that you want to come back and share, whether it's on EdTech or something else that you might see out there, just you always have an open invite. Always, as always my friend. There. Congratulations yeah. on being like almost 200. I can't believe that's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. I can't believe it's been three years. Like it has flown by so fast like, from March 10th, 2020 till now. Is that when like, it launched? Like yeah, March 10th of of 2020. Actually, wait, was it April 10th? April 10th of 2020. Sorry, it was April 10th of 2020. And then all of a sudden, it's just like now we're almost at 200 episodes. Oh my God, so. was I on? I would feel like I was on like episode four then. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I don't remember quite the episode yet, but I'll make sure and tweet about it that first time that you were on, yeah. which is such a great conversation. And as always, this was an amazing conversation uh, as well. Anytime. So thank you so anytime. much. You know, this is my jam. I, I love it. I don't I wake up and it. do my hair on a Saturday morning for oh. any other reason. Yes. Thank you, buddy. All right, my friend. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show. And I'm going to wrap up the show with the following three questions. And as you know, mm -hmm. you're very familiar with the show and the last three questions. However, the last question I'm going to change just a little bit. Um, so I might kind of throw you off because it's not the usual question, but it won't be hard. Okay. But okay. I'm just curious because you're a great friend and I just want to ask. So question number one is in the current state of I guess we'll do education, you know, and yeah. that'll include and encompass AI in there too. But yeah. in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Like what's? Yeah, like Superman's weakness was kryptonite. So that was like that weapon. So what is it in the current state of education that you hear a practice, whether it's edu speak or, or something that just weakens you or just kind of makes you be like, ugh, like I wish that would stop. Oh, and I'm not putting anybody down. I don't want to say never, but I wish we would. Like what hurts me the most is like some people that don't see the device as further than the S in Samer, right? It just sticks at substitution. And I know that has to happen. I know that. I get it. But like what hurts me if it only lives as the substitution, like as a textbook. I'm like, oh, could do so much more though. Um, but I get I get the S is there for a reason, but I just, I want us to move past the S in Samer. Less substitution. I love that. That is such a great answer. <laughs> like that hit, that really hit yeah. because it's true. You know, oftentimes it's just like, okay, we just went from paper to digital, which is great because, I mean, you can still scribble on it and it's yeah. on your computer. But I often liken it to, okay, at first when we didn't have the Chromebooks, it's like I had my stack of papers in the corner of my desk that I had to grade for each class period. Now I have a digital stack. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So instead of that digital stack living in my Google yeah. Drive, I would rather see, you know, yeah. that augmentation, modification, redefinition where it's like, hey, you know what? Give me your answer in a video format. Give me your answer. Create you and your partner or your team create a podcast. Uh, you know, telling me what the highlights of this lesson were or your research and so on. 
and create those learning artifacts rather than just that, you know, digital handout that you already have. It's so, not a criticism. You know, yeah. it's, if teachers, some teachers don't have enough support, how would mm-hmm. they get there? It's not a criticism. It's just like where I want to, like whatever supports I can provide to get there. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Thank you so much, Bonnie. All right, question number two. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? It will probably be just another billboard that says LSU Women's Basketball won the national championship this year. Okay. That's yes. I, I figure I figured it was going to go somewhere <laughs> along the line of LSU or something like Go Tigers or yes. something like that. So, yeah, that's uh, good. Sorry and for anybody doesn't it, know. I, you made it out. Yeah. You made huh? it out to some of the games, right? Some of the I have season tickets. Uh, uh, there you go. Yeah, I have season tickets. So I went to every game. Perfect. Um, yeah. That's great. All right, Bonnie. Last question. This one's a little different because normally I'll ask, like, if this is your podcast, what well, would be one question you'd have to ask me? But I'm going to switch it up because I say, you know what? My friend Bonnie, well, she's great. I'm going to ask away. And so my question to you is, if you could uh, make one of your hobbies into a profession, which one would it be? I think I have made my hobby into a profession. Um, <laughs> I think. All right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I really do. Um, I do like to garden. I know that would be quite surprising. And I really do think that once um, I finish this dissertation, um, I think I would like Leslie, like our little friend Leslie. Yes. Have a nice little, like, garden thing going on. I don't know if you could make that in the whole profession, but yeah, definitely. You can make a, of- like a nursery or okay. something like that. Yeah, so, I got to get away so- from devices. I got to, at some point, we're going to have to unplug. And that I've been working in my yard a lot more, but I'm like, all right, this is good for me. I got to get away from the computer. There you go. I like that. You know, gardening, you can definitely either start making, you know, doing some gardening stuff as far as like workout, like a full Pinterest. You're going to put like your Pinterest boards. Maybe all of a sudden it's like you can sell some of your plants, make a little like nursery where people can come by and get like. You know, Bonnie's. It's I don't bees. Know, like, I could have Bonnie's bees. Like we could have a yeah. whole thing out here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bonnie's bees. Yes. And then you can sell honey. Thing. You can. Yeah. You'll have like one of those little shops that's there. Everybody stops by and yeah. then you can get your, you know, just your natural stuff. And then, you know, get a little bit of ed tech in there too as well. I, I do know. not need any <laughs> more things that deal with a computer. <laughs> but I'm going to pick up another hobby. It has to be outside because I, I, I spent up too much time playing on Firefly the other night trying to figure out a new. Um, mascot for our Mardi Gras parade we're mischief managed we're managed mischief it's like Harry Potter and then the whole Uh parade is like flamingo themed so I was like sitting there looking up um, flamingos in witch hat drinking a margarita (laughs) (laughs) way too much time doing that nice all right my friend well thank you so much I really appreciate you being here Bonnie it's been an honor we haven't talked to each other in so long I know it's been great Yes. No, I'm thankful that you were here and thank you for all your insight. Thank you so much for your shares. And I know like everything that you share comes from your experience. It comes from, you know, your heart because of what you see. And I think you and I are very much alike in that, that we really want to look out for our teachers and help them out as best as we can and just uh, be advocates for them. So just thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And for our audience members, Thank you, as always, for making my EdTech life what it is today. I want to thank Amanda for joining us. I want to thank Sherry also for joining us. And I want to thank Jim also, who's joining us. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. And please make sure that you connect with us 
and you connect with Bonnie. So before I wrap up, finally wrap up, wrap up, I forgot to ask Bonnie. Bonnie, how can our audience members connect with you? No, I have like my profile on there with my, my, my tech email. And then I'm always on the Twitter. I probably do Twitter the most. If you send me a LinkedIn message, I will eventually get to it. But LinkedIn is a little bit chaotic for me. It's not my jam. <laughs> Um, but Twitter is probably your best bet. Perfect. And there you see her handle right there at Bonnie Shalette. So thank you so much. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Yeah. There's only all my handles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and you will see everything also as well, uh, on the show notes. So again, when you catch this on the replay, listen to it, everything will be there. And so if you want to go and check out our podcast, please make sure that you go to myedtech.live myedtech.live where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 197 amazing uh, episodes with educators that you can go ahead and take some knowledge nuggets from, sprinkle them onto what you are already doing great. Also, if you would love to contribute to our mission and support our show, we do have a merch store that you can go ahead and visit. We've got some caps, we've got some sweaters. So get ready for, you know, your conference season, whether it's summer conferences, winter conferences we've got a little bit of everything for you and all of that goes back to our show please make sure you follow us on all socials at myedtech.life give us a like share follow subscribe that way all the ai algorithms can start putting us into your feed and you can check out all the amazing shows but thank you as always from the bottom of my heart and my friends don't forget until next time stay techie